Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Thank you once again for joining me on Let This Mind Be In You. Tonight, we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to speak about uh, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. We're also going to be talking about signs and uh, many other different things. So thank you once again for joining me here on this podcast and studying with me through the book of 1 Thessalonians. So join me, will you, in this previously recorded podcast. Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you again on another Thursday night, and it's so good of you to join me. We're going to wait a few minutes as we make some announcements here and uh, our little introduction as people come in onto the live stream. And if you're listening on the podcast version, while well, you're hearing this um, approximately an hour or so after it was re- recorded, but I do appreciate the fact that some are listening to the podcast. Um, it's a good way for you to uh, listen to the audio version of each one of these uh, studies, and you can download them on any of the major um, podcast platforms, uh, whether it be Apple, iHeart, uh, Podbean, uh, uh, let's see, there's Anchor, there's there's all sorts of different ones that you can listen to. Uh, just search for Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Podcast. I know that's a really long name, but if you start, if you just type it in, it's the only one there, Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Podcast, and you'll see me there. You'll see the uh, the little logo too, so you'll understand that it's me. And you'll be able to go back, and the library has over, well, it's going on 120 uh, different uh, uploads at this point. Uh, so this has been going on for a little while. And uh, I think we're coming up on, I believe it'll be three years coming up um, at the spring of next year, if I have that right. Somewhere around February, March time frame of next year, it'll be three years that I've been um, doing this on Let This Mind Be In You. The look of it has changed a little bit over those three years or almost three years now. Um, the, the studio, the location has changed, obviously, from Pennsylvania down here to Mississippi. Uh, but, um, and the, the, the look of it, the, the equipment and everything like that, but God's word remains the same. And, uh, we're thankful for that. We're thankful for God's word. That's, uh, timeless. It's, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's truth. So we can rest in that. I'm looking at the, the Facebook page here and everything seems to be running there, which is good. It looks like we're streaming. I think it's letting me stream in 1080 on Facebook now, which is a little bit of a change. Hmm. That's a little bit of a change if it's letting me do that. Um, normally, it doesn't let me do that. It just it just lets me do it in 720. Uh, but it looks like it's going out in 1080 and also here on YouTube. And um, our viewership on YouTube has dwindled 
quite a bit over the, uh, the past couple years, um, but that's okay. Um, I know other people listen to it on podcasts or the, they watch it on Facebook or something like that, or they've streamed over to um, Library, which is also known as Odyssey, um, many other platforms. And like I said, if you're, if you're, you haven't, I haven't been able to upload quite a bit to Anchor or any of those other ones, not Anchor. What's the one I'm looking at? I, that's how it shows you how much of that, that streaming service. It's not a streaming service, but a, a video upload. I cannot think of the name of it right now. It doesn't matter, but, um, you know, I'm just going to keep plugging along, keep teaching, keep reaching. And that's it. That's all I'm going to do. Preach the word. That's it. So tonight we're going to be in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And boy, is this a timely message. But it's not a sign. Okay. I'm going to talk about signs today um, a little bit tonight as we go through the, the chapter here in First Thessalonians 4. We'll also be talking about the caught up. Uh, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. And I'm definitely looking forward to that. That's also known as the blessed hope when this corruptible flesh will put on incorruption. And if you're dead in Christ, you're going to rise first. So good news all the way around. That's why we don't mourn as others mourn. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about all that tonight. So without further ado, let's get started. And again, if you're uh, tuning into Facebook or YouTube, uh, you can always post a, a comment or a question. And you also can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And you can reach me there if you have a comment or a question or a concern. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. If you have a testimony, um, if you have a praise or anything like that, I'd also like to hear from you when it comes to those things as well. So uh, be in prayer for me. Uh, just some things going on. Uh, nothing nothing wrong in my life or anything like that. Just be praying, uh, praying that I will continue to surrender to God's will and everything and that uh, I will be about the word and the word alone. And um, that's what I'm, my prayer is. So be praying for me to do that in all aspects, whether that be in the temporal, uh, whether it be in my temporal job that I have that I use to, that provides for my family and also in um, my spiritual walk. I always need prayer for that, so I would appreciate it. Okay, let's get started with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's turn over there real quick in our, in our Bibles. The 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, the second to the last chapter here in 1 Thessalonians. We'll wrap it up potentially next week, um, the, the study of 1 Thessalonians, and we'll get into 2 Thessalonians after that. Uh, be on the lookout uh, just by another thing. So I'll be on leave, uh, a vacation for the next two weeks, but I'm not going anywhere. So I'm going to have a little bit of time. I have a couple ideas for uh, What's On My Mind series. As uh, if I haven't posted to the What's On My Mind series in quite a while. So uh, I have a couple ideas for that. Um, i be looking out for a couple videos uh, coming soon. So I see that the YouTube, everybody's picking up. Okay, good. There's starting to be more viewers over here on YouTube as well. And I did start the audio. So everything's good. So once again, I thank you for joining me on Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo. If you're just tuning in for the first time, and uh, we're going to be continuing the study of 1 Thessalonians in Chapter 4. And let's read, shall we? And I got my glasses on this time. 
so I should be able to see the words. <laughs> I forgot them last time. Anyways, furthermore, now remember we just got done talking about the establish you. You know, uh, when we went over First Thessalonians three, talking about rooted and grounded, established, and how we get established, it's always in Him, and the gr- growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we talked about abounding in love. Furthermore, in addition to Paul is saying here through the power of the Holy Spirit, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, then we beseech you. And remember that word beseech is not just, hey, I'm asking you. It's, it has a, a feel of pleading. I beseech you. It, please do this. We beseech you, brethren, and exhort you. That's the encouragement. That's, that's what we should be about, exhorting each other by the Lord Jesus, that as you as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. We have to get away from this idea that um, it's about the actions in our life, you know, that that's what's, oh, you know, this is, I'm more sanctified or more, I'm more pure or whatever. We have to get away from that and get back to the knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus, who he has made you. He has made you a new creature. We are now in the body of Christ. So furthermore, you can abound more and more in that knowledge. By the Lord Jesus, that as you received of us, how you ought to walk. Paul mentions this so many times in, in his writings, how we ought to walk in the power of the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, not after the lust of the flesh. You know, walk in the Spirit. Crucify your flesh. Reckon it dead because it is dead. You are dead in Christ and raised also in him, in newness of life. Everything that we are about in life. And one of the things that I've seen uh, recently, there's been uh, another mega church, another pastor has, has, you know, fallen and all these kinds of things in California. And what I've seen recently is there's a lot of people that want to teach, you know, like, hey, I left a certain group that were too strict with their standards. Now I'm over this other group and it looks a different way and it has a different feeling about it and we're more emotional and so forth and so on. So it looks in two different ways. You know, this one over here, old and stuffy and we're new and hip. It has nothing to do with the outward appearance, but what is on the inward. And it's the heart of the matter is being back as we need to get back to the word and be about that alone. Nothing else should matter to us. The Word of God has the answers. There's the answers. We're going to be about that. We're going to live that. Walk according to His Word. And that's what Paul's telling them, beseeching them, exhorting them to do. Because that is the only way to please God. You know, well, Brother Mike, uh, doesn't it say something about faith? Without faith, it is impossible to please God? Well, the Bible does say that. What is faith? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So that is where our faith abounds. That is how we can abound in that knowledge is by being rooted and established in God's Word and being about that alone. Not about our traditions, not about our thoughts on matters or anything else, but about the Word. So no matter what the outward looks like on a, in, a, in a church building or whatever you want to label or any of those, of those kinds of things, It should be about the word. Plain and simple, full stop.
And that is how you can abound more and more and walk and please God by the faith. And by the way, it's not a blind faith. A blind faith is that I have no earthly idea what I'm doing. I'm just groping around in the dark, and I'm just hoping that I'm not stepping into a hole. The Bible says, thy word is a light into my path, or a light into my feet. Um, Boy, I just butchered that verse. I just had a complete brain meltdown just now trying to recollect that verse. But you understand what I'm saying. It's in the book of Proverbs. Um, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The, the word of God is quick and powerful. It's a light unto our feet. We know where we're going if we walk in his word. We have faith that what he is saying in his word is what we are to live in, of course. But that faith isn't blind because we can see it. By the way, it's going to talk about the will of God here in a moment. That's also not some sort of mystery. Keep reading. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. Remember the revelation of the mystery came to Apostle Paul. That's that's Romans chapter 16 and verse number 25. The revelation of the mystery. Jesus Christ gave Paul this revelation to give to us. We wrote it down. All these different epistles. Wrote it to the churches, about the churches. This is what we should be about. And they, we should know the commandments which we, we gave you, the commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this, verse number three, is the will of God, even your sanctification. Now, we get this idea that sanctification is somehow like a process. And as we go through our life, we're going to be sanctified. You know, the, it's a slow-going process, and eventually, you know, you live enough years, and you can get to that sanctification process, and boy, you're more sanctified than somebody else. If you would, turn over to 1 Corinthians. This just popped in my head. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to be going over this, I believe, Sunday morning, I think. But let's look at this. Now, remember, the church of Corinth is all sorts of screwed up. Okay, read 1 Corinthians, and you're like, wow, these guys. But it says here, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, verse number 1 of chapter 1, through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified, that's present tense, sanctified, in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. You are saints. Sanctified. Sanctified means saints. With all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, worth theirs and ours, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And you continue to read on how these people are doing all sorts of ungodly things. Well, how is that possible? They, they says there, Paul says that they're sanctified. Is, it, is he lying? No. They are definitely sanctified because it's not their actions that sanctified them. It's who is in them that has sanctified them. Christ in you, the hope of glory, means that in you dwelleth no sin as far as he's concerned anymore because he is in you, and you are in him. You are already, in his eyes, sanctified saints. Now, the outward outflowing of that is how much you know who you are in Christ Jesus and are given over to his spirit and his word to live your life out. And then somebody says, wow, look at that guy. He's super sanctified. Well, so is that sinner that was gloriously saved is now sanctified. And they still have a lot of things to clean out of their life, don't they? Boy, 
not very, being a very good ambassador right now. Well, because they're still a babe in Christ. They're growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And eventually, if you want to call it a process, you do grow in grace. You do grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as you get established in his word. But you're sanctified at the moment of salvation. That's a very awesome thing to think about because, again, it's not based upon works of righteousness we have done because that's filthy rags, the Bible says. It's his righteousness. Therefore, in him is no sin at all. You're sanctified because he is in you. That's an amazing thought, brothers and sisters. Let's keep reading. Back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 3, it says, For this, what is this, is the will of God. What, what is this? What Everything he just got done saying in these first couple verses here, bound more and more, for you know the commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus, everything that Paul is essentially writing to these churches, we need to. Get, that's why it's so important to get established in that. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. I revealed the mystery that Jesus himself revealed to me. I revealed it to you. I've given it to you. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. See, it's the knowledge of who you are that helps you abstain from fornication. You can't do it under your own power because Paul says, in me dwelleth no good thing. That is, he's, that is talking about his flesh. That's not a contradiction in the Scripture. That's Paul simply saying that this wretched flesh, oh, wretched man that I am, has not been redeemed yet. It groans. The spirit within us groans, waiting for that blessed hope. We're going to put on that incorruption that we just talked about and we're going to discuss in this chapter. But that's what he's waiting on. But in me, if I just understand who I am, who I belong to, whose body I am, and whose body I'm in, you'll know how to possess your vessel. Look at this again. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Keeps going. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Now, if you're with me when we studied through Timothy, remember the house, the vessel, the, um, the vessel that was worthy to have things poured into it. It was inside the house, though. Remember we talked about that? Let's see where that was. I believe that's 2 Timothy. Let me check it real quick. Go back and look at that. Let's see here. Let's see it real quick. 2 Timothy chapter 2. That's right. In verse number 20. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver. Remember it says in a great house. This is the house that he builds, his church, his body. There are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also wood and of earth, the wood, hay, and stubble, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If any man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use. Remember, we are sanctified already in Christ. It's But if we're not acting it on the outside, that's not a vessel that's given unto honor or recognizing who they are. They're acting contrary to what their new nature is, so to speak. Therefore, it's not a vessel unto honor. But the other vessel shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. And as I mentioned before, 
that is putting the horse in front of the cart as opposed to the cart in front of the horse. See, we think it's all about the works and the doing and the things and the checklist, but it's about knowing who you are and letting that manifest work out through you, come out of you, showing that the sanctified you, inward you, is now worthy of that for meat for the master's use. That is the proper terms. And we see back here in 1 Thessalonians 4, the same exact language is used, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, keeps going, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. So once again, is about ready to talk about how we are to manifest the inward man, this new creature that God has created in us by Christ in you, the hope of glory, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such things. That's not up to you. For God, verse number seven, hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness called according to his purpose. That's the purpose that he's called us to. When he saved you, he didn't save you so you can go to heaven when you die. That is definitely going to happen. That is definitely the cherry on top, so to speak, icing on the cake and all the other cliches. But he saved you for a purpose, to be a vessel of honor, meet for the master's use, so you can be the ambassador for him in this life, called unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given us his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. It's common sense. If we are in the body of Christ, we are one body, he is our head, you're going to have love for one another. It's a very weird thing to me to see, quote-unquote, uh, professing Christians that cannot get along. It's, it's, it's a really weird thing to me. And I don't mean not having disagreements from time to time and contending and, and a little bit of strife that comes up because of the pride that wells up within us, but the constant. It just, Paul says this in Philippians chapter 2, there's strife and envy and vainglory and all this kind of, that's why, because you're not having the mind of Christ. Recognize who you are. Let this mind be in you. You're taught of God to love one another. It makes sense. Jesus even said if you, if a man says he loves me but he hates his brother, well, that's just weird, right? I'm paraphrasing, of course, but how can you love God who you've not seen and hate your brother who you have seen? It makes no sense. And indeed, verse number 10, ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, there's the word again, brethren, that ye increase more and more. The more you grow in grace, the more you surrender your will to his, the more you have the mind of Christ and allow it, let 
this mind being you. Allow this to work out from you and not be in the way. You're going to love each other and increase more and more for the brethren. I want to be around other members of the body of Christ. That is part of the body that I'm in. It's a symbiotic, it's a it's a commonality, not in skin color or nationality or any of those things, but one in Christ Jesus. Verse number 11, and that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business. Boy, if we could just learn this and apply it to our lives and do it. Study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Not a busybody. Not getting into everybody else's Cheerios. Not trying to think, wow, I need to be wise about the things of this world and, you know, the latest craze and, 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 and flavor of the month or whatever else that you can possibly think of that's vanity in this life. What should we do? Study to show ourselves approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, and that ye study, verse number 11, to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without. See, there's the testimony. There's the ambassadorship. That's the representation of who is in you, who you say is in you. You walk honestly toward them that are without. They're without the body. They're outside of the body. They're unsaved. They're lost, undone. They are natural men, as 1 Corinthians 2 talks about. Natural people. So how are we to walk towards them? How are they supposed to see our walk? Honestly. Not full of contradictions. Saying one thing and they see you living another way. Guilty as charged many, many times in my life. And I know because Christ has forgiven me of all unrighteousness that he doesn't hold that sin in my life to my account. He saved me and cleansed me of that sin as well. But it did ruin testimonies. It wasn't walking honestly toward them that were without. That ye may have lack of nothing. Of course, this is also talking on the practical sense that you're to be honest with people. It doesn't matter if they're lost saved, doesn't matter. You're to be honest in your business practices as well. Not only in the spiritual matters of this life, but on the temporal things, walk honestly. And you won't lack of, of nothing. If you're an honest person and you go through this life, you'll be taken care of. God will take care of you. He'll send people in your life that you are very certain and I've experienced it myself, that are lost, but they're not going to let you lack anything. If you need a bite to eat, they're going to feed you. But if you don't walk honestly, because, oh, that's just one of them reprobates over there or something like that, and you don't walk honestly towards them, be wary. I beseech you, as Paul even said, walk honestly. 
Verse number 13, but I would not have, not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, there's kind of like a practical life sense of how we're to deal with people both within and without the body and all these kinds of things. And all of a sudden in verse 13, it says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, this is not obviously a physical type of, you know, I'm going to go to sleep here in about an hour and a half or so. It's dying. Those that have died. Now, let's keep reading here. That ye sorrow not, as we mentioned at the beginning, even as others which have no hope. When somebody that we have assurance, we're, we're persuaded because of their, their actions, as far as their life meted out Christ, and, you know, they had this testimony that Christ was in them and they were in Christ and they knew who they were and who they were trusting in alone. The finished work of Christ. They had faith in that, in his work. And they pass away. We're not to uh, sorrow, even as others which have no hope. Is it, is it difficult when a uh, beloved saint Someone that's in the body of Christ, somebody close to us dies? Of course it is. You know, many times throughout this past year and a half, there's been people that have died of uh, the COVID-19. There's been many people that have died with other things as well that maybe possibly had COVID-19. And that's not what we're talking about tonight. It's just anybody that passes away, of course we're going to be saddened but not with the same sorrow as those that have no hope. And that goes for you as well, believer, church of the living God, body of Christ, member of the body of Christ. If you get sick, are we to sorrow as those that have no hope? Of course not. Now, as we go through this life and we have these ailments, and don't get me wrong, I've talked about that on this channel as well. The mental can affect the physical and so forth and so on. There's, there's things physically that can affect the, ment the mental state of you and make you like down and all these other kinds of things. But remember who you are in Christ. And if there's not something physically wrong with you, really address what's going on in your life that I'm sorrowing and I'm, I'm down and I'm depressed. If there's not something physically wrong with you, and there could be. There's hormones. There's, there's different things that affect the brain. All these other kinds of things. Okay, I'm not a doctor, but I, I know enough to know that. I got personal experience with um, hormones imbalances many, many years ago where I was not myself for many weeks. It can affect you. Uh, but if there's nothing wrong with you physically, should we sorrow? Should we have the, you know, the depression in our lives? Remember who's in you and who you're in and who is your blessed hope. Because let's read it again. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Ignorant just simply means I won't have you to be without this knowledge. Now that you have this knowledge, though, you're not ignorant anymore. Okay. It, Paul lays it out very clearly here when he says, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not. And I also believe in this life we are to not be as other men that go through this life because we are changed creatures. 
We're a new creature. Even as others which have no hope. Paul says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We know we have a hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, there's the simplicity of the gospel again, Jesus, God in flesh, died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Christ will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. This is not the second coming, by the way. Okay, I made a whole seven-part series on my channel if you want to talk about that. Remember, Paul doesn't really address prophecy and when it concerns the nation of Israel. Okay, uh, He doesn't really touch on the second coming. He reveals this mystery, though, talking about uh, the catching up, as we're about ready to see. Shall not prevent them, in verse number 15. This is the very few amount of times that Paul is even going to address what's known as the catching up or the the body of Christ being the second fruits. I, I have no other better way of, of saying it because the Bible says that Jesus was the first fruits. So now we're the second fruits because as he died and rose again, remember right here, as it said, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Christ will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Prevent them from what? For the Lord himself shall descend from the heaven, from heaven, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. This happens with a trump when he comes in the clouds, okay? As it says here in the very next verse. But as I talk about in the seven-part series, the Millennial Reign series, there's a difference. There's a resurrection. Blessed is he who takes part in the first resurrection. That happens at the end of Daniel's 70th week. That's the first resurrection. Blessed is he that takes part in the first resurrection. So what is this? I This is not a resurrection. This is a, oh, I, I don't know the term that I can even properly use for this, but this is a transformation of the corruptible into incorruptible, putting on who you actually are, the, this glorified body that will happen. As it says here, the dead in Christ shall rise first not be resurrected, shall rise first. I know that's a little bit of a um, split in hairs just a tad bit, but don't get the Bible confused with different things. Meaning, there's a difference between this event and the event that happens at the end of Daniel's 70th week, where the saints, those that were beheaded for the cause of Christ, are resurrected. But those that are part of that resurrection and the part of the those others that are dead and don't take part of that resurrection will be resurrected in what's called the second resurrection when they stand before the great white throne judgment, when the sea gives up their dead. You don't want to be a part of that. But this right here is something totally different. Also, there's not signs preceding this. I told you I would I would talk about signs. I looked this up because I've been guilty of saying this, that the signs of the time, boy, I'm telling you what, it, you know, Jesus Christ is closer to coming. Boy, look at all these signs that are appearing. 
look at government mandates and look how there's all these things I do agree are setting things up. No problems. But those aren't the signs of the time because the mystery of iniquity has always worked. There's always been what's known as the imminent return of Jesus Christ. I believe that. I believe the Bible teaches that. Therefore, there is no signs preceding that because he could come at any moment. There's nothing hindering Jesus Christ from coming back other than the fullness of the Gentiles, and that's a little bit of a, an argument there. The point is, is that there's no signs that precede this. No matter what people try to go to, because if you look, Paul never mentions signs ever. But what are signs are mentioned are in Matthew, Matthew chapter 24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, even insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Who's the elect? The nation of Israel. Keep going. Uh, let's see. Mark 13, 22. Um, here's some other signs. Uh, I, that's another topic. Let's move on, Michael. Um, in verse number... Let's see, Luke 21 and verse number 11, and great earthquakes shall be in divers places and famines and pestilence and fearful sights and great signs shall there be. Well, see, yeah, we have these pestilence. We have these great signs and wonders and everything like that, but it's talking about during the time of Jacob's trouble during Daniel's 70th week. I can prove that this is not what the subject is about today, but go watch that seven-part series for more information on that. signs. Look at Acts chapter 2. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. These are the things that precede the second coming when he comes back to rule and reign for a thousand years. These are the things that will be happening. And unless anybody can show me blood and fire and vapors of smoke and all these other kinds of signs and wonders, we're not waiting on signs. I'm not trusting in signs. I'm not looking at that because the world has been wicked continually for a very long time, since man's fall. We have access to technology now where we can see things at an exponentially graphic rate. I mean, it's just coming flying at us. But that's the wickedness that's been working and has worked in this world for a long time, since the fall of man. Who restrains that right now? Him that letteth. And we'll get that in Second Thessalonians. The Spirit of God, the body of Christ, Christ in you, is preventing all sorts of things going wrong. And when those things happen, when the body is caught up, when we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, in verse number 17, after the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, the clouds... The clouds, those that are take part in that first resurrection in, in Revelation 19, I believe it is, they're on the earth. They're not caught up into the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And again, this is not me wanting to get into the end times because people want to talk about the signs of this, and is this government mandate a sign of the time? Okay, I'll give you that. So is everything else in this world. Everything is a sign of his coming as far as 
the catching up. When we or which are alive and remain shall be caught up. And that's the title. That's the verse uh, that I wanted to use for this message tonight and in this study in 1 Thessalonians 4. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for certain signs like, hmm, I wonder what will happen. Some say 1948 when Israel came back and made himself and they were a nation again or named a nation. That's that's prophecy being fulfilled. Okay, sure. But what does that have to do with anything about the body of Christ being caught up? That may be a sign that precedes uh, the nation getting a covenant made with them from the, the Antichrist, Daniel chapter 9, maybe, that he'll break. Could be. Maybe when we are caught up and the spirit and him that letteth is taken out of the way, this, this body of Christ is taken out of the way, uh, who knows what the world's going to look like after that as far as that transition time. It's going to be nuts is what it's going to be. Everything that we think is going on right now that is so terrible, that's the mystery of iniquity that doth yet work. I mean, it's been here. There's been many antichrists. There's always been somebody in the wings. Because remember, Satan doesn't know when Christ is coming. And we're not to be looking for him anyways, the, the Antichrist. I'm looking for the blessed hope. I'm looking for my Savior. I watch for his coming, this coming. I will be here for that other part. I'll be gone. And I pray that you're with me as well. Because you don't want to go through the time known as Daniel's 70th week in order to figure all this stuff out. There will be a lot of mighty signs happening there, but it's going to deceive just about everybody. The ones that make it through alive anyways. It's all sorts of craziness and, and things that will be happening. But let's reverse it for a minute. Let's just get back of it. We're not looking for signs. We're not looking for what America is doing. You can't find America in prophecy anyways. You know who you find in prophecy? Israel. The people which are called by his name. America is not found in prophecy. You know what is found, though, before all that stuff starts happening? The body of Christ. And Paul right here says that we are looking for that blessed hope. We don't sorrow as those that have no hope because we know even if we die, this mortal flesh dies, it does not matter. We count it as dung, Paul says, that all these things, but only what we do for Christ in this body, this vessel of honor as we just got done talking about, that's the only thing that matters. So I hope that you've kind of learned with me tonight because I I had been using that term signs, you know, look at the signs of the time that are appearing everywhere. There's an old song that talks about that. I, uh, I've stopped. Because if you are looking for signs, you'll create a sign no matter what, but that has nothing to do with the word of God. I won't be here when the Antichrist is here because I've been promised that I won't experience wrath. Well, how can you be so sure? I'll tell you how I'm so sure. It's because we're not subject to wrath. And I know people say, well, that's, you're taking that verse out of context. No. 
As the body of Christ, we are not subject to wrath because the wrath was already poured out on the body. Jesus Christ, the wrath of God was poured out on him for the remission of sins. So therefore, if you're crucified in Christ, you're not subject. Now that you are the body of Christ, you are in him. Christ is in you. You're not subject to wrath. You're not getting God's wrath poured upon you. You're not subject to it. That's not who you are anymore. So reckon yourself with who you actually are and then start thinking about it biblically, about how we think that we're in one second of God's wrath that's poured out on this earth. Well, I see myself in prophecy. I'd ask you how. I'm, I'm so serious. Please watch that seven-part series on the millennial reign. And if you have some questions, not trolling and all these other kinds of things, but if you have some serious questions, you really want to talk about the Word of God and get to the Bible alone, not what some man wrote in a book or some tradition of man or whatever. Let's get to what the Word of God plainly says. We can do that, and I'd love to talk to you. So reach out to me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And with that, we're going to see if there's any comments. And if not, we're going to wrap it up early tonight. I see there's about four viewers there on YouTube. If whoever's watching, if you don't want to say hello, I understand. But uh, I appreciate you watching. I appreciate everybody that's watched over there on Facebook. Please like, share, subscribe, take. Um, just share it on your page. If you're on Facebook, if you even do that, you can share it on your page. Share the, the video. Share the channel. If you're on YouTube, mention it uh, on other channels you like to watch or, or whatever. Um, the only way the word gets out on this channel is if you, the viewers, you, the listeners on the podcast platforms, simply by word of mouth. That's what I rely on. I rely on the word of mouth. I don't, I don't get paid for this. I don't have an algorithm. I'm not a part of the monetization of any of these platforms. Therefore, they're not going to promote me, so to speak. And I'm fine with that. I'm looking for those that enjoy the spirit and the, and the, and the desire to get only to the word. I, I rely on you to put out this channel. And if it doesn't happen, if I just reach one person, one person, if God uses this channel to get people to realize who they are in Christ and go, hmm, I need to be about the word. And they get with their local body of believers and, and they and they strive and they exhort each other and they admonish each other and they edify each other and build each other up in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I may never see that and I'm fine with that. All I want to do is the will of God, which is to keep my vessel in honor, realizing that I'm sanctified. And that's it. So I appreciate you joining me tonight. I won't even go over to the alternate view. We'll end it right here. No comments, no concerns, no questions. Like I said, you can always reach out to me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com, and that will be it for tonight. I don't see anybody rogering up, but you can always leave a comment later on. I'd appreciate it. All right, well, that's it. Next week, First Thessalonians chapter 5, we'll go through that. And um, if 
there's something that I said tonight and you're watching this later on throughout the week or something, uh, please reach out to me, like I said, and uh, we'll discuss next time. First Thessalonians chapter 5, and then we'll start into Second Thessalonians. Um, if you are see me live on, on Sunday, uh, we're going to be in Corinthians, starting First Corinthians. So that'll be fun. And I've also been start. I've restarted the uh, the study on, on the book of Genesis, the study of beginnings, and that's been a fun thing as well. So be in prayer for me. Uh, just teaching a lot, uh, preaching a lot, and uh, I would appreciate the prayer that um, I would just continue to have the mind of Christ, not get so busy about the the formatting of things and trying to get things. Just having the mind of Christ and just preaching the word. Please help me in prayer with that, would you please? All right. I love you in the Lord. Thank you so much. Hey, Miss Cindy. Thank you for watching on Facebook. A wave to Miss Cindy here. Okay. Get a shout out there. I really appreciate it. She says, uh, thank you. Really enjoyed it. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Miss Cindy. And uh, that'll be it for tonight. All right. Love you in the Lord. God bless you. And uh, remember, let this mind be in you. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.